From a certain point of view, old Ben Kenobi is one of the central figures of Star Wars. And now he's getting his own Disney Plus TV series. So let's dig deeper into the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Welcome to the Story Geek Show. I'm Jay Shear, co-writer of Death of a Bounty Hunter and Time Slingers. The full cast audiobook of Death of a Bounty Hunter is now available not only via our website, but also on audiobooks.com and on Apple Books and on Downpour. It's getting added to all of the places where you can get audiobooks. So support the show by purchasing a copy. Links are in the description down below. And joining me today, Michael Young from Nerd Soul. What's up, Michael? Hey, 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 how's it going, everybody? Nice to see you. Glad to glad to be here to talk Star Wars once again. Yeah, Mike, Mike and I were just talking before the show started, and literally this is how uh, Michael and I met. I was listening to him on a podcast with the internet's uh, Mark P. Donica. And who is uh, yeah? Yeah, who is your other who is your other co-host? Um Alexis Torres. Alexis Torres, who's also been on the story. The only one of you guys who I have not had on this show is literally Mark P. Donica. Everybody else is everybody else in your crew has been on the show, but I used to listen to you on that, and then I said, you know what, I want to talk to Michael um, about Star Wars. And so I invited Michael and he came over to my house and I didn't even have a studio yet. I had a table. Oh my... yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that was cool. We just had a table and we just talked about out. Star Wars. The dog was there. The dog was there, and then and then we had In and Out Burger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was good times. But so so, Michael, you've gone. That's on. how podcasting should be. Like, come out, hang out, and then go to the restaurant. Oh, I know, I know. That, that is that is oh, the pre-COVID most fun way of times. <laughs> Pre-COVID times, before I moved out of state and all that, but. So uh, you're still doing nerd soul. You're still talking about nerd stuff. You're also talking about pop culture stuff, and you do more shows than I think anybody that I know. You, you're always doing shows. <laughs> I don't really. Well, I don't feel like I do a lot of shows. <laughs> I guess you always feel like new worlds from Star Trek out. I know we're talking about Star Wars today, but Star Trek <laughs> does have a good show that's out. Um, <laughs> um, Halo just ended. Um, oh, yeah. We talk hip hop on Sundays. And I do gaming every now and then when I get a chance because <laughs> since I have a toddler, they usually want to play. So gaming is a little bit tougher, but I do a gaming podcast as well with um, some other friends like Open Mind and Groovy God and stuff like that. That's awesome. That's really cool. And I was recently on your show um, and we talked about on one of the shows, we talked about Moon Knight, which is super fun. And on the other yeah. show, we talked about uh, Doctor Strange 2, which pretty much everybody on that show loved Doctor Strange 2. And I was the only one that I was like, I don't know. You were like, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's why we needed you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I was a blast. Make that sure was really that fun. someone keeps us grounded. Yeah, that's right. So definitely go. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the stuff that Michael has upcoming at the tail end of this show. But definitely follow uh, Nerd Soul on all the places that you can find it, and uh, we'll give a shout out to Mike, all Michael's channels um, later on. But today we're talking about Kenobi because we're about to get a brand new Disney Plus series all about Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. So let's start out with this Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi. So this show is sort of like if you were to think about why we're talking. We're just getting ready to experience Kenobi. And so we're going to do some retrospective. Yeah. We're going to do some predictions. We're going to figure out what this whole Kenobi thing is all about. <laughs> It'll be fun. Um, so let's start with this. Obi-Wan Kenobi appears in many different iterations within the Star Wars universe. In fact, I just finished, um, I was doing a reel. And on the reel, I, I found 12 different people 
who have played or voiced and or voiced Obi Wan Kenobi. Twelve different wow. people. Like this guy's all over the place. Um, twelve. Twelve. I'm trying to think, twelve. Man. Yeah, twelve. Because okay. you, because here you got, you've got. So, so this is just bonus content. But you've got, um, you know, all the live action ones, which you already know. Then you've got yeah. all of the main, uh, all the main ones that are all voiced by the same guy. His name, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He has, he has a, oh, one for, of those uh, like three Clone person Wars names. Yes, 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 for Clone Wars and all those. Then you've got video game people who are voicing on the video games. Yeah, all the games. Yes. Then you've got Seth audio Green. Books. You got audio books. There's two different. There's the audio drama, and then there's the read along. Those are the back in the day ones. And then you've got Seth Green doing the parody for Robot Chicken. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a there was an episode of Family Guy where Mark Hamill did the voice of Obi Wan Kenobi. So <laughs> there's so many voice that Obi Wan's all over the place. Um, okay. He first appeared so we know in a him New well. Hope. Yeah, we know him well. We know him well. He first appeared in A New Hope. We saw him briefly in both The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Then we went back in time to the prequel era, and we followed his journey of training under Qui-Gon Jinn for a limited period of time. And then he became a Jedi Knight, then a Jedi Master. Uh, Then he's in the Clone Wars. He's in Rebels. Uh, His voice is in the sequel trilogy, although he does not appear in the sequel trilogy. Um, And then there's all the video games, comic books, novels, all this stuff. We're about to see him in this new Disney Plus series. So here's my first question for you, Michael. Okay. And we can do like a top five. We can do a top three. There's no structure to this question. But what are some of your favorite appearances? And what are your favorite moments that we have had with Obi-Wan Kenobi? All right. Uh, Favorite moment. Kind of, I guess you could say like a a collection of Attack of the Clones. Mm. When... Obi-Wan goes on this sort of detective journey to find out, like, okay, hold on, where, all right, there's this assassin, all right, okay, all right, well, who's this Jedi guy? All right, well, where's this planet? And, like, all of these little, I really enjoyed that. Now, you know, there's other things in the movie, but that detective story, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Like, I truly enjoyed that just that kind of side of him that we, or Jedi in general, that we don't get to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was well worth the watch and well worth just like the time. Yeah. Um, the, and I know this is the sequel trilogy, but hearing his voice was good. I, yeah. I enjoyed hearing his voice. So yeah. I guess that's two. Um, I enjoyed hearing his voice. Um, number three, which may be my favorite was all right in Phantom Menace. Yeah. Uh when he uh, uh Qui-Gon gets cut. He, he, yeah. I mean, he gets stabbed or whatever, he's dead. Yeah. And he has to wait. And of course you see Darth Maul pacing, but he's like, you know what? <laughs> Let me center myself. But when that door opened, he was like, <laughs> 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 it is like so that just showing how he was like, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna be cool. I'm gonna be cool. And then see him explode. That him from those little like I guess ratios opening for him exploding in a full-on run to attack. That was cool. That I've always thought that was awesome. Um, then on the animated side, when he and Ventress are fighting against Darth Maul and uh, 
the other one, I cannot remember. You guys are going to kill me for this. But, <laughs> but the guy that Darth Maul was training, when they went back to uh, oh. Dathomir and got the, the new guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So when they're both fighting against them in the ship in that cargo hold, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I've always thought that was cool. You know, Clone Wars has a lot of awesome fights that I think maybe due to time, we just, like, forget them or overlook them. But Clone Wars has some awesome fights, like, some extremely cool stuff. So uh, that just – Ventress is just an awesome character in general. I've always loved Ventress. Um, and then the kind of – the the way he handled himself and most icely mm. uh you don't see him be too flashy mm-hmm. but when instead of being reactionary i mean i guess you could say kind of reactionary because they the uh the guys at the bar did start it and they started kind of like you you knew a fight was coming but before a fight went too far or anything he was just like all right let me let me stop this now all right let's yeah, stop yeah, yeah. the madness before we just like chop your arm off, all right, now get out of here. Like, he, <laughs> he, he didn't, he didn't like let it get too far. But maybe that's because you know when you get older, you don't got time. For, you, know? <laughs> you know, it's just like, look, I, I know what I want, I know where I want to go, and I don't want to waste any time. All right, I want to go. Look, we got to get to Alderaan. All right, I'm not <laughs> look. All right, I don't want to mess with you guys, so I don't got time for this. So I did. Uh, I like that. I think those are my moments. Those are my five that I really enjoy and. You know, seeing him in this new trailer, it's going to hopefully answer a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, in this series and not create any fissures with the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of the big questions that we're gonna get to because it is what is gonna happen. I mean, like there's so many questions that we that we're gonna address there. So let me throw out a couple of my favorite uh moments. Uh, but before I do, before I do actually, uh which Kenobi is like your favorite Kenobi? Like, do you prefer the animated Kenobi? Do you prefer old Ben Kenobi? Do you prefer Ewan McGregor? Like, wh- who's your favorite? Probably, oh man, probably animated. Mm. Because you just get to do more. He gets, he's a little more active. You <laughs> right. see him with, uh, you see him with um, Quinlan Voss, which is, is one of like my more favorite Jedi's, especially when you read um, Dark Disciple. Which is kind of a sad story, but um, probably animated, animated, Ewan, and then Old Ben. All right, yeah. all right. Because I, I think that's where I put him. I think even not that I don't like Old Ben, but you know, Old <laughs> Ben, he didn't. You know, I mean, he couldn't really get around like he used to. <laughs> that's true. Actually, and I think he was he was at the age where he could have been past all of the you know the subtext like you know well you know you know Darth Vader killed your dad it's like well it's my dad (laughs) right but I understand I I get what he meant but yeah you also know what we need yeah (laughs) from a certain point of view um now here's the thing here's the thing I actually I actually like old Ben Kenobi the best but Mm -hmm. there's a big caveat here is that Alec Guinness clearly just does not want to play that role and thinks that George Lucas is a fool. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, what are we doing? What am I doing out here in the desert? What am I doing? Like chopping people's arms off? Like this is um, a stupid movie. Yeah. yeah. You can kind of tell he, but because he's professional enough here, here's my thing. I really enjoy seeing like people who like lived it up back in the day 
and mm-hmm. now are faced with like, wow, life has changed. Like life has gotten a lot more difficult. It's gotten a lot more simple. I don't, what I, yeah. what I thought was true about, about life is no longer true about life. I like those kind of characters, which is why I like him, but he, he is in one of the worst lightsaber battles in the history of star Wars when he fights Vader on the death star. <laughs> Cause they're basically like this and then this, and then they're not doing much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is not, but I like. But so, the tension so, is there. The tension is there. The tension is there. And I, I also, so some of my favorite moments, um, I agree with you. Uh, Duel of the Fates. First of all, at the time, it was the best lightsaber fight that we had ever seen. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, amazing lightsaber fight. Uh, amazing drama like you just, just talked about your favorite moment where literally his jedi master is killed in front of him he has to fight going full dark side anger moment um so that stuff to me that stuff to me was really really cool i love that moment um i am not as familiar i have watched the clone wars but i have not seen every single clone wars episode so the the clone wars that i'm familiar with i do love but I'm not familiar with all of it. Um, I am excited to see Ewan McGregor come back, but I, I, I think I would go old Ben animated Obi and then Ewan McGregor. Right. Not because I don't, not because I just like Ewan McGregor, but there's also the Gindy animated Obi-Wan. Yes. I forgot on Cartoon Network. Yes. I have that. Man, all right, so you have to buy. I don't even know if you can buy it anymore. I remember seeing it in Walmart and I bought it, but it used to be they show you like a two minute chunk on Cartoon Network. <laughs> That's right, yeah, like yeah, twice yeah. a week. It was it, Cartoon <laughs> Network, the way they aired things was horrible. <laughs> like, I, see, you young whippersnappers will never understand. <laughs> all right, waiting until Friday to get a new Young Justice and a, and a new Clone Wars. You just won't, you never understand. <laughs> you have to wait and if you miss it oh that's it <laughs> like, oh totally they might rerun it on saturday maybe <laughs> yeah like, if you're lucky yeah that's true i think isn't i think if i'm not mistaken i think you can watch that on disney plus right now huh i wonder i gotta look that, that up i gotta look that up don't yeah. don't take that don't take that as the truth but i, I feel like it might be on there um Mm-hmm. So I think all the moments you mentioned were great. I, I um I'm not familiar with the the Obi Wan love story. I know that that occurs in the Clone Wars. There's a whole love story that he. Yeah, I'm not as him familiar and, with um, that. Uh, what is his girl's name? Uh, yeah, I can't remember either. Every time five. I think of that person, I want to think of I think of Sabine, and I'm like, it's not Sabine, but it's something. Yeah, Satine. Like, Satine. And her sister is uh. Uh, uh, red hair. She's in the. I mean, she's in the Mandalorian. Right, 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 and right. See, uh, it's escaping me. I know Star Wars people are like you don't know her name, but yeah. um, played by Katie seen... Sackoff. But I, I even yes, know who the yes. actor actress is. I just don't know what the names are. I can't think of her name, but yes, the team was his girl from way back. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you know, back in the days, had a little thing. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah. my boo. That's probably why he didn't say anything to uh. To Anakin, because he was like, you know what, I get yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? One time I was out there in the streets, I saw this Don Breezy. <laughs> Couldn't do nothing. All I could do is just, you know, I had, I still had to keep my Jedi 
about myself. That's right. <laughs> By the way, so, your, your moment, that's I cool, thought, that's cool. your moment, I thought was a great pickup is that if you had, if, if this, if Disney Plus was, if the new Disney Plus series was Obi Wan Jedi Detective, oh man. I am in. I am in because that that was cool. Like the, I even love the scene where he is sitting with Dax in the diner, and he's sitting mm -hmm. across the table from him. Like that's <laughs> cool, man. I like that scene. That's a crazy his butt and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, you have to it's have like, that in the. Of course, you got to have the diner where they they <laughs> they they kill the roach and flip your eggs with the same scratches. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, and, and, and people, it, those places never get shut down. Shout out to all the Waffle Houses in the South. You know, yes, <laughs> yes. I, that's yeah. why I do not go there. I know, yeah. I know what you do. I know what you're doing. You think that, that you think that Coruscant, with all of the Coruscant like nobility and all that kind of stuff, you think that they would shut it down? But no, no, they just keep it running. Know. You know, and you I gotta guess, love it. Just, it's fine. Yeah, it's we need, fine. We need a place to like go to get information. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's so true. But yeah, there's, there's. I think, uh, you know, obviously there we got, we got some other classic moments that people would say are their favorites, like uh, the whole high ground scene in Revenge of the Sith, right? <laughs> um, uh, what are some other? What are some other moments that that? Well, now, now here's here's one that I need to go rewatch. But okay. I didn't get into I didn't get into Rebels as much. So I've seen the most Clone Wars. Okay. I saw a few yeah. episodes of Rebels, but I went and watched the, the the final episode or whatever where we get the battle between Darth Maul and Obi Wan. That's a who. That's on another level too. Yeah, that's that's a pretty crazy not scene. I got to go back and watch. Fight that. Is so not because the fight is so great. Yeah, but you see the vast difference in skill level now. Like back then. We were probably on the same playing field. Uh, when you first met me, when we fought again, with matter of fact, you were stronger than me. Then when we <laughs> fought again with Ventress and stuff, we were head to head. You might have either had an edge on me, but now who he finished him in what five moves? I think I think I watched <laughs> that scene. Yeah. I watched that scene, I counted it. He finished him in five moves, but then was like compassionate about like you know hey look it's been kind of us for so long yeah like so long has been us hating each other and now it's finally over and then you can even sort of see the withered desperation of darth maul it's kind of sad to see him like that yeah oh totally. it, yeah so that that was a cool that was cool just because he was like Look, I don't want to fight you. And yeah. then once he brought up that he knew that Luke, well, he didn't know who Luke was, but he knew there was another Jedi there. He was like, all right, got to go down. He was, yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah. Well, and, and that's another reason, like that whole scene is another reason why I love the older characters in Star Wars. Because you get, you know, we get the we get the Jedi Council in the prequel trilogy. And it's like, yeah, we know how to be a Jedi. We know everything. We, mm -hmm. we know all there is to know about being Jedi. We're awesome Jedi. Yep. And it's like, <laughs> nope, you're the worst Jedi. Like, it's it's awful. It's really, you guys should take a look in the mirror because you guys are not good Jedi. And then oh. and then you fast, so then you get, you get to the original trilogy and you see an old Ben Kenobi and a Yoda who are 
they're less confident. They're less arrogant. They're not sure. They're trying to give Luke good advice, and they sometimes give him good advice. They sometimes give him bad advice. Like, hey, you shouldn't save your friends. Exactly, it was exactly what he should do, right? So they tell that. So when you see Obi Wan in that Darth Maul fight, I feel like it's Obi Wan full circle. It's like I made the mistakes as a Jedi Council member. Then I had everything go downhill. Then I was kind of scared, trying to put things back together with Luke. And now I'm a little bit more like forgiving. I've just got to be careful. Obviously, this happens before the original trilogy occurs. Yeah. But but it's still an Obi-Wan that you feel like he has learned some things from his prior experience. And I like that kind of character. That's a cool kind of character. Yeah, un unfortunately, the Jedi... <sighs> it's like that all right I, i'm not a sith lord i don't like the sith we gotta we gotta continue to maintain balance and keep the sith and evil and the darkness at bay but man the jedi it's it's hard it sure <laughs> is hard man it is hard you look at you look at luke and what he did with grogu it's like <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, Luke has to get to guys. The movie exists. All right. He has to get to Last Jedi to where he throws the saber away. Yeah. You can. Uh, all right. Let me say this. <laughs> you can still have a similar scene where he doesn't take the lightsaber, but it's not played for comedy. Right. You can have him. You can have him hold the lightsaber and literally see the weight of the lightsaber and his history on his face. Yes. And then him hand it back to her and say, I just can't do it anymore. Yeah, and yeah. boom, you get someone <laughs> who gives the lightsaber back, but you provide a different history to it. Yes. Instead of, let's, let's not do it. <laughs> Older Jedi just be, they just be messing up, man. They... Yeah, you know, you know, like I think there's an interesting lesson to be learned from, uh, from the Jedi of the younger Obi-Wan era. And I think I think Obi-Wan learns the lesson, actually, which is what's so interesting about Obi-Wan's character, because the lesson from the Jedi Council of the prequel era, and I feel like this is true if you take it from a spiritual perspective, you take it from a political perspective, you take it from a societal, cultural perspective, but when you try to demand... When you try to over-regulate, when you try to make people adhere to the thing that you think is the best thing, you almost are like asking for a rebellion against that, right? And so, yeah. so I feel like what the Jedi were doing were, was that they were they were not allowing for individualism and they were not allowing for the force to work through people they had a regimented set of like this is how the world works and this is how we behave I, outside I, of people like quinlan boss where they were like yeah he's part of us but you know yeah. <laughs> right exactly <laughs> quinlan boss you're like hold on how do you get you know when you have that job when everybody has to follow the rules but there's like that one guy yeah. who doesn't follow the rules but he yeah. still doesn't get fired and you're like how how can he do this and somebody's yeah. just like Look, his dad is his dad is a master, so we just let it slide. Yeah, exactly. That's how that's how Anakin feels. Anakin is us in that scenario. Like, wait a minute, you got this guy here, and you're not gonna let me be even a be even trained. I don't even understand this. Um, but I, I was thinking about this the other day because uh, 
I was going down, I was going down memory lane to when I was a young kid and I was listening to a bunch of mid to late nineties, even early nineties, some early nineties. I was born in the early eighties and I was listening to some, like some of the grunge music and the alternative music. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, this is, you know, there's like disturbed. And <laughs> I'm listening to disturbed. Yeah. And I'm going, this is, this is not something you hear anymore. And it just made me think like, how do we how do we have things like that that we can have a healthy conversation about because it's probably not what we want people to invest their time in but does is there a it's the same kind of thing it's the same kind of thing as um in the early 90s and in the late 80s were like a really good time period for this but we had rock and roll that was edgy we had hip hop that was edgy and it was like Anytime you try to censor that stuff, it feels like it just makes that more appealing to younger people. And it's almost kind of like, why don't we just invite younger people into that conversation and say, yeah, let's listen to this stuff. But just because you listen to Disturbed doesn't mean that you can go shoot up a school. I mean, like that, like this is a way to get your energy out and, and a way to express yeah. yourself without building it up so that it gets so So anyways. I'm I'm getting way too deep. And it now, was, now. And, it, and, and they are actual emotions people are thinking about. Yes. And nobody ever was like, "Well, hey, why is someone this young writing lyrics like this?" Yeah. Like, no, nobody ever asked. <laughs> exactly. Nobody ever asked those questions. And I think that that's the same thing. It's like it's almost like Anakin is the is like the rebellion against what the Jedi Council is saying, like must be done. And you can take that, I was saying like you can take that in religion too. Like look at the Roman Catholic Church when it when it had people rebel against it back in the back in the the fall of the Roman Empire days. Then look at look at uh more recently the evangelical church in America and all the people that are like I'm out. Sorry about it. Like you guys are yeah. you guys are getting too you're like trying to dictate everything for me now. I mean so there's something very powerful about obi-wan's journey by learning from the guys and a few girls but mostly guys that said this is the way things have to be and then he learned he learns all of how that's wrong <laughs> then he has a big rift <coughs> between him and his best friend essentially his his mentee um and then now he's an older guy and so we get to see him as this older guy so hopefully he'll be wiser hopefully he'll be understanding more understanding of what's going on um he but... learned a lot from ahsoka too to remember the trial that she because when ah ahsoka is my favorite jedi nice but i used to hate her oh really when she first when that stuff when that clone wars movie came out i was like who is this character She's dumb <laughs> we don't need kids around why do we have kids but by the time she goes through her trial of being falsely accused, hunted, uh, and then finally exonerated, and see her walk away, I'm like, I'm like, don't leave. We need <laughs> like no, no. And so Obi-Wan witnesses that. I mean, more so Anakin, but then when she re you see her reconnect with them to go go find Darth Maul again. And she's kind of like, like, you're not my boss anymore. Like, like, I don't like. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to work with you but i mean like right. i don't need you like it i'm just letting you know what's going on i'm yeah. letting you know that this dude is here he's doing something there's some kind of other sick people around something's going on i'm letting y'all know so it is very interesting to see the relationship then and then 
I guess, kind of inferring the lessons that he's learned from that. Yes. Yeah, so this is this is perfect because, well, first of all, the last four episodes of The Clone Wars are some of the best Star Wars out there. Those last four episodes are fantastic. Yes. Yeah. And all Ahsoka, all of, <laughs> and, and by the way, I was I was with you. I was in the same page. I was like, man, do we really need a kid? You know, like yeah. is that is that really something? But Rosario Dawson is that character. Yeah. Amazing. Even though I love Rosario Dawson. Yeah. <laughs> but her being alive now raises new questions. That's true. Questions that I don't want to ask about my favorite <laughs> Jedi. Because yeah. I'm going to be like, all right, hold up. So why <laughs> did you feel like helping? What so but hopefully they're gonna answer all these questions like, oh, she was in the in the, the time world place or something like I don't know. Maybe right. they're gonna explain something like that. But her existence. Even even the whole part where Mandalorian goes to see, you can see her, even though she says, I'm not a Jedi, I'm not a Jedi, mm -hmm. you see her kind of upholding that th those things like, you can't see him. It's like, well, what? first thing, why are you even here? Yeah. Why are you, nobody, who are you, the bodyguard? Like, <laughs> why are you even here? And then also, I didn't know you knew Luke. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> that brings in new, other new questions. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. These are these are all kinds of things that people are gonna be like, uh, it really would have been great if she her story just ended and she died or like maybe went off somewhere because now you're gonna start adding in adding in new questions that you know people might not want to ask. That's true. Or you that, might not want asked. That's a really good point. I hadn't I hadn't thought about it that way, but that is very true. Um, but it does seem like like both now granted. We all know the sequel trilogy did this when it should have done that, right? Like we all know that yeah. it went right when it should have gone. We all know that it had no plan because JJ said it himself. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. So we all know that happened. <laughs> but I will say that I think that um, Ahsoka's character is very similar to Ray, to what we thought was going to happen and hoped what was going to happen to Ray's character, which is we learned what the Jedi Council was doing wrong, and we learned that we could actually probably do a better job out on our own. Right. And I think that okay. that's a, that's an interesting that's an interesting take. And I like that take. And I think Ahsoka is perfect for that take. So that's kind of why I like the Rosario Dawson character. But you're right. It raises a lot of questions. Um, yeah. it, it just raises like continuity questions. Yes. Like seeing her in the fight scene in Mandalorian uh, 2, like all of that is cool. Yeah. Um, having her uh, as a character, the the prosthetics and everything and the, the makeup and that. All of that is great. It yes. just brings up questions like, uh... <laughs> "Yeah, what were you doing?" Like, she, she's probably on. She's probably on Scarif having a mai tai while all the while everything else is going down afterwards. It's like, ah, oh, like sure. Scarif hanging out. It's, it's nice <laughs> and comfortable. It's the <laughs> island planet. It's like, it's like if Bahamas was a planet, and just chill out. You know. Yeah. Coconut drinks and stuff. <laughs> exactly. Re I still can't believe they made Scarif the home base of the Empire. You're gonna be mean to everyone else, and then you're <laughs> and then you're gonna go back to the beach. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Shame. How how bad is it if you get if you get a Death Star job instead of a Scarif job? <laughs> Come oh, on, man. man. Like, everybody's, like, cool. everybody's like, man, please let me get the Scarif. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're like, oh, okay. So it's either gonna be Tatooine, the Death Star, or Scarif. 
okay, what are we doing here? Oh, man. oh that's rough. That's rough. Um, all right, let's let's transition into uh, we've covered a lot of Kenobi's history, great historic stuff here. Um, now this is this show is going to take place uh, on Tatooine after Order sixty six, which is part of the reason why Obi Wan has to hide. Yes. And we know that Kenobi is attempting to escape from the Empire so that he can hide. And he's probably considered public enemy number two behind Yoda, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, and we also believe if they believe Yoda is alive or not. True. That's a good point. That's a good point. If because the dude is 900 years old. So if we don't know, we're not sure. So he's he's one of the top public enemies of the Empire at this point in time. Um, and we also see in the trailer that he sees it as his job to protect young Luke. Um, in fact, in fact, <laughs> Uncle Owen is throwing shade in the trailer too, man. I love that that scene where he's like, huh, "Like you trained his daddy." <laughs> That's you remember so how funny. that worked out? Do you remember that? <laughs> exactly. We need we need an hour of Uncle Owen stand up comedy. Is what we need. Because <laughs> he's like, yeah, remember his dad, all of this, people yeah. scared, running, getting beat down, you know, evil <laughs> evil Jedi, they're called Sith, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. Whatever. You remember that other point of view that some other people had that you didn't you didn't kill Vader, Vader didn't kill Anakin. Um, so I here's my question for you though. What do you think that this show is specifically going to be about? You probably having more depth of knowledge of the Inquisitors. Maybe you're maybe you're further along than I am about what this story could be about. What do you think this is going to be centered around? What I, what I'm guessing they're going to do is sort of like a sort of what I wanted to see, which is sort which is Obi Wan kind of like hiding on the run from the law. And I guess by the end of the series, maybe finally settling in Tatooine, hidden, mm. maybe. Because I do like the idea of him being on the run. You know, you know, not too many, he doesn't have too many friends. There's wanted posters everywhere. You know, everywhere he goes, someone's snitching on him, calling, you know, call, like the, you either have people calling the empire or you have the little snitch droids that's like seeing them, <laughs> yeah. you know, all those things. And kind of um, similar to uh, Days of Future Past uh, cover where they're like backed up against the wall and the lights are like something like that, hopefully, because yeah. that's the vibes that I'm getting. And that's something that I've always wanted. Mm. Um, outside of that, maybe a reconnection, maybe a reconnection. With Vader, mm. I don't know how that goes, but in the trailer, the the Inquisitor that's on the rooftop, she says, uh, "Like you can't get away." Something like you can't get away, you can't get away from him, or something like that, uh. or like you can't win, you can't get away from him. And I'm assuming him is Vader. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can't get away from Ronald. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ronald in accounting made sure that has your final check and you can't get away from him. So I'm sure she's talking about Vader, hopefully. Um, but she could be talking about the other Inquisitor that we see in Rebels, which um, 
honestly, for the makeup, it's pretty cool. The outfit doesn't seem to really jive the same, yeah, yeah. but the makeup, like the face makeup is crazy how good they're getting with makeup and how like real these aliens look and stuff like that. But I guess to him, he's not an alien. He's like, no, you're an alien. I'm regular me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. That's true. So um, that's what I'm thinking we're going to get. Kind of on the run, hiding out, and then maybe finally ending up in Tatooine where nobody knows where he is. Yeah. And then just kind of staying quiet after that. Now, I feel like I should know the answer to this, but are the Inquisitors essentially out there to find other Jedi and still execute Order 66? Is that what they their, their purpose is? Yes. Uh, so Inquisitors essentially, A, are supposed to root out any last Jedi. Yeah. And then finds Force-sensitive children in either A, you know, or yeah. bring them into the, into the Empire. Because we can't have new Jedi. And I assume <laughs> that's why Yoda and Obi-Wan would be the the biggest threats because right. let's say let's say there's a, a young forces of kid born and kid is like hey i don't like the empire i want to fight back but you know they don't have a master to teach them so they don't really have the skills right but if they had a master to teach them then that can make them even more dangerous right in the future i would like to see a self-taught kid that ends up being like crazy good because he wasn't restricted by the lessons of the Jedi, like he was able to be creative with his usage of the Force, but that's a whole nother. That's a fan theory and fan. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I want to see that. So I would so, like to see that, like a kid that kind of like went out on his own and kind of like learned on his own the things that he could and couldn't do, and it helped him push past like the regular Force usage things we've seen. And the Inquisitors are are primarily after Ezra Bridger and. Kanan Jarrus, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I don't think are there any other. We see uh, Ahsoka come in, ah, okay. in like season season four, three, okay, something like that. Okay. So I think we I think we see her come in as the secret contact, maybe at the end of season three, something like that. Okay. Um, but it's mostly Ezra and Kanan, okay. and Kanan, who unfortunately, you know. You know, kind of sacrifices himself, but he was. I know this is going to sound bad. He was super cool once he got blind. I know that's not good. <laughs> He's like, I don't think I was super cool. That sucked. But hey, Kanan was already kind of cool, but like once he once he went full like you know daredevil, yeah, he was on another level. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I still I still want to go back and watch that at some point, but it's like. There's just so much content that that we got to watch these days that yes. someday I'll go back. Um, the good thing is there's short episodes because now you're watching a 30 minute show without commercials, so you're you can blast through a season probably in a day. Oh, like, that's not you're bad. talking about you know yeah you're you're talking about maybe three hours or so maybe four hours and you just like mow through it. So nice. Okay, so yeah. I think I'm gonna take something you said earlier in the show. And I'm going to bring that up as a possibility that I think would be amazing. And that is, we know that Obi-Wan is not on Tatooine the entire time. Because you you said it. She's standing on top of the building. They seem to be in, yeah. a, in a planet that's like a... It's, I, I think they've already announced what planet it was that he's on. But it feels like a Nar Shadda type of planet. Like a, like a sort of a bounty hunter-ish kind of hut, yeah. hut planet of some kind. Um, 
But how cool would it be if he is doing his old school detective work when he's off Tatooine? Like that would be cool if he's if he's out. Yeah. Like maybe like for example, maybe maybe he's trying to find where Yoda is and he doesn't know. Like that would be interesting. Um, yeah, probably did not. Yoda but... tell him he was going. I don't think Yoda told him where he was going. All we know, yeah. all I think, did all, he all, he did he, that's a good question. Remember. Did Yoda tell him where he was going? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. Somebody, somebody will know. Somebody will comment yeah, down somebody below. Somebody will tell let us. us know. Um, <laughs> but that would be cool as if he was trying to figure out, or maybe maybe he's trying to figure out how to how to meet Ezra Bridger or something. I don't know. I don't know. But whatever it is that could be like the detective stuff, I think that would be really fun to bring that aspect of his character back into the Star Good Wars point. thing because that could. If he's doing something like that, someone could say, hey, I think I saw this guy. I'm not sure. And then that's when we, because we hear the line in, I think, the first trailer where uh, the Inquisitor from Rebels basically says, like, they can't help themselves. Like, the nature of the Jedi, yes. like, they have to help people. So yes. if we just go put people in danger, dude's <laughs> going to come around. Like, it's, it's, yeah. that's all we had to do. Just go commit atrocities. They'll come running because they are just, they cannot help themselves. Exactly. So maybe someone's like, "Hey, I think I saw this Obi One guy you're looking for, but I'm not sure." And they're like, "All right, well, if he's here, we can root him out," and that kind of thing. Exactly. So maybe maybe that's something that because I know I remember that that uh, quote from the or that paraphrasing that quote from the uh, trailer where yeah, you kind of just have to go and kind of like press people. Impress people, impress sooner, sooner or later. If someone is either a anyone who wants to play a hero, you can get rid of them, or if there really is a Jedi out there, you can get rid of them. Now, the only thing is that's pretty arrogant, but yeah. Sith are arrogant because you don't know who's, who's like you don't know the level of you know Jedi out, you don't know. Like what exactly you, it could be someone who has like a little bit of skills, like maybe they were like almost a Jedi Knight when Order 66 happened, or this could be like a full-on master that has still trained and kept up their skills, but just haven't done anything. So, like you're you know, you're taking a, a big chance doing something like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's but, so many, there's so many places they could go. I think I don't know, I think that. When it comes to this show, I'm nervous about it because what have, what have we seen? We've seen Inquisitors, we've seen Obi Wan, yeah. we've seen Luke, we've seen Anakin. Like we've seen all the characters that you that you would think these are all pivotal characters. So whenever you're using pivotal yeah. characters, it feels like there's this is an this is a part of the story that if you told us that Obi Wan just went from Order 66 to just living on Tatooine and never doing anything else. He's just a hermit. You'd be like, okay, I can probably buy that. Like he, like people do that in real life. You know what I mean? Like they, they go like something big happens in their life and they just go hibernate. You they know, just shut like, down. And they just shut down. So we kind of believe that that could happen. The problem is when you bring a character back like this, and then you, you also bring back Hayden Christensen as Anakin, by the way, as Darth Vader. What you're yeah. kind of suggesting is that there's going to be some massive clash between these characters, and you're like, yeah. but how does that fit? Like, how does how do we because get in the in the original trilogy? It comes off like they haven't seen each other for a long time, but still, if they fight now and still don't see, that still is kind of a long time because you're 
All right, so Luke in the in A New Hope is like 17, I guess. Yeah, 16, 17, we, somewhere in there. So we see him now. He looks like he's six. Yeah, yeah. You know, kids are at that weird age where you don't know how tall they are. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's sitting down, so he's six, five, something like that. So maybe, yeah. I mean, 10, 10 years is still a long time. I mean, it's That's not true. forever, but it still That's is. True. So maybe... Maybe they're able to play with it that way, where it's like, okay, we can have them fight one one more time, right? And then we can still play it off. Like, I mean, ten years is a while, yeah. You know, yeah. so maybe, yeah. But it's just gonna be it's gonna be strange. I, I think I'm hoping for the best because one of the things I, I did like a reaction video and I said, look, I'm I'm excited about this because I'm excited about Star Wars. I you tell me there's a new Boba Fett series, I'm excited about. It. You tell me there's a Mandalorian, I'm excited about. It. The problem I have is I really still want them to move away from the Skywalker saga and like let's just yeah. let's just move away from that like when we when we saw the Mandalorian and I'm not going to pretend that it wasn't awesome to see Luke Skywalker show up in the Mandalorian. That was yeah. awesome. However, but it wasn't about Luke. Right, exactly. Exactly. It wasn't about Luke and when we were with the Mandalorian and he didn't need to connect to all these other storylines, that was still enough. That was still yeah. great. So and we I, got a lot. We got a lot of, especially when he was with those bounty hunters. Just hearing how they talked about the galaxy in general, like those offhanded comments about like the Gungans and stuff like that. <laughs> it was just like interesting. Like, oh, okay, so this is how people feel about things and how they feel about the Empire and how they feel about the Rebels and you know, you know, because there is that middle area where it's like, look, who cares, man? I mean, we're screwed either way. Like, I mean, and I mean, that's kind of. There's a certain energy about politics now where it's like it doesn't matter who's in charge. Like yeah. <laughs> nobody That's nobody's true. really nobody's really trying to fix anything. You know, it's on lock the you know, the corporations own this or they run that or they they hide this and they hide that and nobody cares about the the average regular person just yes. living and working in the in the nation. So you have those people that feel that way. So it is it is good to see that even in the galaxy, there's still that kind of energy where it's just like, who cares? Yeah. Like, it doesn't <laughs> yeah, matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter if we win, if you guys win, if they win. And, you know, <laughs> I'm still a bounty hunter. Like, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Actually, yeah, and actually that's that's kind of like, um, it goes back to that whole Skywalker thing. It's like, George Lucas was trying to create archetypes he was trying to create he, he said it's a it's a it's a soap opera a family soap opera and i think that when you make it about the family soap opera there's a lot of the rest of us who like i've always gravitated toward the bounty hunters and stuff like that because i don't feel like you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna roll with the clintons and the bushes and the like i'm not gonna roll with those people. I, I don't want to you know like i'm not gonna do that um and so I think that there are so many good stories to tell in the Star Wars universe. It makes me nervous when they keep going back to the same saga, the same yeah. characters, the same okay. thing. So I'm excited about this, but I am, I'm still hoping that they will, they'll move into another, like, did you ever play any of the old Republic games? Like Knights of the Old Republic one or two? Uh, no, but I've watched the the like cut scenes and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So which are incredible, incredible, dude. Before the Mandalorian came out, 
Knights of the Old Republic was probably like my favorite Star Wars thing. The first Knights of the Old Republic was amazing. Okay. Um, great storyline. Didn't have anything to do with the Skywalker saga. You didn't even hear a Skywalker name being brought up. Um, and and it was still about Jedi. It was still about Sith. It was still about like people trying to control things. And you had a certain destiny and all those kind of things. Um, so I'm, I would really like to see some more things whether it's High Republic, whether it's Old Republic, just breaking out of this mold of saying we got to have it be in the Skywalker saga. So that's that's my jam. But every time I see Ewan McGregor, every time I see Hayden Christensen, you get, you get excited. I get excited, man. Like it's hard not to get excited. It is what it is. Um, so I, we'll- I'll, I'll agree. I, I guess I'll throw it. I'll throw it to Valiant Comics, which I throw it to a lot because they did something that I really ended up liking. They had this storyline or like this set of stories called 4000 AD. So mm-hmm. they jumped way to the year 4000. And so nothing that matters now matters then. So yeah. you don't have to worry about any story stuff, any continuity stuff, because this is like 2000 years into the future. And I wish a lot of stories would do that. Now, we did see uh, Star Trek Discovery do that. They mm. jumped a thousand years into the future. Um, so you did see that, and now they, they're not hampered, really, by the stuff that goes on in, you know, Next Generation or Voyager or Deep Space Nine or Original Trilogy, I mean, not, cool. uh, Original uh, Series, any of that. They're able to kind of be free to chart their own path. And I'm like, we should do that in Star Wars. You need to jump. Stop playing with this middle time. But I know. Star Wars is a very interesting property. Yeah. And I understand them wanting to keep a certain group of people happy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so they're trying to stay within this like 10 year period. Because <laughs> like, this, what, um, between three and four, that's like about. 20 years or so i think it's about yeah 20 20 years so they're trying to stay in this 20 year period it's like yeah Yeah. it might be 29 (laughs) years it's somewhere in there 20 to 30 years yeah 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 i just wish there's so much more to do there's so much more to do there's so much more there's so many more stories to tell like you can do you could do a hero's journey with another character wholly separate from the Skywalker saga. I mean, like they, they did that with Ray, but it was like, no, no, no. Yeah. We're not going to go there because we're going to bring in uh, all no, these other Rey, old school characters. They essentially circled her around to be a Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Exactly. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. And that's 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 what they forced she so been many cool things. On her own, but they they yeah. it's like they couldn't let let it go. Let the past I, I will give Ryan Johnson this. Let the past go. Let it die. Why are we <laughs> bringing right. the emperor back? But now I guess he's dead, dead. So you know, I mean, dead. <laughs> but, oh, well, what, what, I think what Ryan burying the lightsaber and just yeah. I mean, Ryan Johnson, I think, was trying to do something that was worthy of attempting to do, but not as the second yeah. movie in the trilogy. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what, what I mean. Ryan like... <laughs> Johnson was doing is kind of kind of like I said. Let's jump. 2,000 years in yes. the future, and then do his idea. 
Yes. But as a second movie in the trilogy, <laughs> it's like, hold up, what? But I thought we were going in this direction. But then that's also because J.J. Abrams was probably a little emotional about getting flamed online, so he left. Yeah. And it's funny because the same people that hated on him that made him leave are the same people that cheered when he came back. <laughs> I know, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, so let's do this. This will be the last thing we do, and then we can then we can close out the show. Because I mean, you and I could talk Star all right. Wars all day long, but let's do this. Yeah, <laughs> let's go back through and and talk about from the moment we see Obi Wan, because between okay. the two of us, we've got enough Star Wars knowledge that we can pull this off. I think. Let's talk about okay. when you think about where Obi Wan is going to end up, and we and we know where it's going to go after the Kenobi series is over with. So let's just start recapping, like. Kenobi is born. We don't. I don't believe there's many comics about him being a kid. Do you know any of any comics or any books about him being a kid? Not that I can think of. No. Yeah, I don't know much about him. <coughs> the first time we see no. him is that when he shows up in the prequel trilogy, and in the prequel trilogy, yeah. that's when he's already a Padawan learner, looking yeah, look, working underneath Qui Gon. He's already kind of on his way to being a knight. By the time we, he's him. real close. He's real close. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the he's got the little braid. So <laughs> he does have the braid. <laughs> yeah. So so we got that. And and how would we characterize him there? He's basically he's he's sort of Obi Wan in that era in the in the the Phantom Menace era is sort of like the ideal trainee. Like he asks yeah. enough questions that he wants to figure it he out. He doesn't overstep. He never oversteps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He, he is not a habitual line stepper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's the Jedi of the month almost every time. Like every time it's like this is the guy. Um and and and, and he's very open to learning from Qui-Gon. He realizes that Qui-Gon has a lot of knowledge that even the Jedi Council doesn't necessarily agree with. Yeah. Right? Because even he kind of gets shut down a few times. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And Qui-Gon ha has a different kind of thinking than the Jedi Council has, even though some of it's pretty controversial. He's going around testing people for midichlorian counts. <laughs> um, but then we... Then oh, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why do we have to bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> you might yeah we kind of have to every once in a while but so let me ask you this talk to me about what you see from obi-wan kenobi's character because you did a really good job of describing him as the detective so what do we see about him in the clone wars and then moving into attack of the clones like how would you characterize his character through through that whole period of his life and in that point when we're when we're talking about clone wars we I would say that Obi-Wan is someone who realizes that I'm at master level, mm. but I need to be out here mm. because I don't think he really agrees with the council's slow-moving nature. Yeah. I think uh, it's kind of like when you, if you're, say if you're an artist, and you're like, great artist, you're a graphic designer, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, we want you to be an art director. And you become an art director. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do any art anymore. I'm, I'm a manager, essentially. Like, oh, 
so I'm not, uh, I, so I don't get to make anything anymore. Yeah, I kind of miss making things, and I think he realizes that you can't really be in because even as much as he tries to be cool, I think Obi Wan likes being out in the adventure. You know, even though he tries to pretend like I, I think he likes it, yeah. and I think he also knows that there needs to be someone in his with his skill set and with his demeanor out there that's willing to either overlook things like Anakin and, and um, uh, Amidala or yeah. someone who can kind of <laughs> let Ahsoka go on her own and do her own thing. Yeah. Because most masters are not going to let you do that and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Also someone who can... I, I don't think that he believes that anyone else would be like okay yeah let me go on and uh let me go on and just look up this uh uh this strange jedi and <laughs> this is because it seemed when he went to the the council they were just like oh yeah you know whatever it, yeah. it was just like no <laughs> yeah. like like i have this so he went to the library he went you know asked questions he went to the planet like, all of these things that the council didn't really seem i guess too excited or they didn't feel like there was a season like a, a sense of urgency and i think with that said on the low i don't think that obi-wan thought that the council was making the right decisions as far as how they moved during that time yes. i don't think he agreed with them yeah. but i think he respected them enough to let them make their own decisions kind of thing yeah 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 i think because i think that's, that's a he good definitely did not follow their kind of rules <laughs> true <laughs> well i think i think that characterization is perfect because basically what you're saying is is that he's a guy that he's like leave the politics to the politicians and that's the council right yeah. like the council's doing their politicking and what and what obi-wan says is okay well i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna go do the detective work and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ask the questions. So, well, the council is saying like, yeah, I mean, Saifa Diaz, like who cares what he did, right? Like we don't even care. Obi-Wan's like, he's, they actually, this could dead, be critical. Or we haven't seen him or he's you <laughs> yeah, know, disqualified yeah. or whatever. <laughs> right, exactly. And so I think that there's a piece of it where Obi-Wan is, like you said, he wants to be part of the action. He wants to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And he sees the politics as like, well, I got to, I have to respect that. I'm not going to get out of line, but, I don't think the way they're going about their business is the way that we should go about our business. And so yeah. he gets, he gets hands on whether it's in the fights or whatever. But I also think that they do a good job in the clone wars of Obi-Wan embody embodying that, like, let's ask the question. Like, all, like one of the things that I can just picture in my head is Obi-Wan kind of just stroking his animated beard, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. How does this work? Well, let's go check it out. And he's not as rash as Anakin is where Anakin's just like, let's just jump in there and like, you know, let's kill some people. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and he, and so he's got that, he's got that sort of like questioning attitude. Um, but what, what's interesting is because he is reliant on the politics for his way of life to be successful, it still mm. crumbles down around him because he can't just yeah. be who he is because he's associated with those politics. Um, 
And it's kind of a sad story because you go, you you could easily say like, look, Obi Wan wasn't a wasn't a party to all. I mean, he was sort of a party to their dealings, but not integrated into their dealings. Like he didn't agree with them, but because he was lumped in with them, he had to deal with the results of that. Um, yeah. That's that's really interesting. I had never thought of that before until you brought that up. Until you brought that that, and that they, kind of context. There's so many. It's just, oh man. It, when you look at it, because I can see where, and I mean, we don't get any scenes where he kind of speaks bad about the council, but you can see he definitely doesn't agree. Because, I mean, I can see someone him being like, all right, <laughs> you guys are just sitting up in here. Yeah. The war is going crazy. Yeah. You guys aren't coming up with any new plans or developments. We don't know who's behind this Sith thing. You don't even really look like you're researching that or, or yeah. trying to investigate that. Yeah. Like you're just sitting here pontificating all day, but I don't think he would ever say that. Right. Cause he, yeah. the only person he says it to is, is he says it to basically, he says it to Anakin. He goes, you have to respect the council Anakin, but I don't agree with them. Also Anakin, be careful about Senator Palpatine. Cause he seems, yeah. he seems pretty shady over here. Um, which so is, I, I still wish I could just change like a small thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Tell me what it is. Tell me what it is. Uh, we Jason and I did a long video where we were like <laughs> playing around with what could happen. Imagine Bail Organa seeing Palpatine use the force and kill another senator that didn't agree with him. Oh. On an off chance, yeah. So the whole prequels, Bail Organa is trying to get a one-on-one -on -one with the Jedi to convince them and convince other people like this guy is a fraud. This guy, <laughs> yeah. but no, because because at least somebody knows. You gotta have someone has to know that this guy. Like everybody's just walking around. He's super shady, but everybody's like, well, because we'll just <laughs> let him be in charge. Like nobody's <laughs> trying to stop him. Like, no one, <laughs> so. If we had someone in Bail Organa trying to get them to, you know, kind of like believe him and yeah. then being dispatched, a.k.a. killed, yeah. by the end of the first movie, then triggering maybe Obi-Wan and another one to be like, hey, hey, you know, we never got that meeting with the council, but this is a very suspicious death. Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, let's start looking into, you know, and then right. we, we have at least a little more suspicion on Palpatine. Yeah. yeah Palpatine yeah. just walks, just cakewalks through these movies. Like you're manipulated. Hey, you're manipulated. <laughs> hey, you're manipulated. Yeah, <laughs> so like, true. It's like, uh, is anyone like, is anyone like a little leery of this guy at all? Yeah, totally. Maybe it's because he's old. They're like, ah, how bad can he be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's the Bernie Sanders of, of this. Don't worry about him. Um, yeah. How bad can he be? He's an old guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I'm down. I mean, the conversation that um, that when you had me on your show and I got to talk to Jason about and you about uh, Moon Knight, that was fantastic. Like that was a fun conversation. So yeah. I'm down <laughs> with whatever you and Jason come up with for ideas. Um, so so then moving past that, we get an Obi Wan who is becoming increasingly increasingly skeptical of everything in 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 Revenge of the Sith. 
And yeah. interestingly enough, in the in the novelization of Revenge of the Sith, which I haven't read all the way through, but I've heard a lot of people talk about, there's a lot more implications of Anakin thinks that Padme and Obi-Wan are actually hooking up, which is why he's got the jealousy oh. thing going on. Yeah. So there's a, oh. so even though there's no evidence of that, there's some evidence that Padme is worried about Anakin. So she's talking to Obi-Wan and he sees that as like a love he thing when that, she's just worried. She's, exactly. She's sleeping around. Exactly. And, exactly. So, uh, wow. So, because and, so, and see, those are the things that, because see, in the movie, you see him kind of have this little attitude with Obi-Wan. You're like, where did <laughs> yeah. that come Oh, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If I could just change the directors. Oh. The general storyline, like the overarching story, like, hey, we start here, we end up here. I'm cool with. Yes. I think the, the actual writing, maybe tweak some things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that is not really even expressed in the film. Exactly. Exactly. That, so, je that jealousy is almost like a, if you go back into a Shakespearean quality of like, it's almost like an Othello type of thing, right? Like where okay, okay. it's like, you know, like, oh, Desdemona is, is uh, it, there's these rumors being spread. And now I'm jealous and now, and jealousy eats itself. And so it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that yeah. vibe, but it's not, <laughs> it's not followed very much, right? Like we don't see it. So it's hard. So, so, but then Obi-Wan is sort of like, though his world is falling down around him because his, his Jedi Knight that he's training is falling apart. The Jedi Council is falling apart. And so in that film, Obi-Wan goes from like the detective guy who's like, in fact, if we could make an argument that if Obi-Wan had been listened to and his perspective had been followed, the one from Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars, they may never have ended up where they ended up. Because the Jedi Council voted against Anakin. That upset Anakin. Yeah. Anakin didn't feel accepted at all. The Jedi Council was he deceived by Palpatine. Always felt, like an, outcast. Always felt yeah. like an outcast. But Kenobi was the one who was doing the research to figure out what was going on and trying to support Anakin. So if they had followed Kenobi's guidelines, they might have actually made it through all of that without Anakin going full dark side and then Palpatine blowing up the basically the, the rest of the world and, and the rest of the Republic. Um, yeah. And now, and then we wouldn't have had this last minute, like, oh, let's go to Palpatine's room. And <laughs> it's like, no, this is like the wrong, like, he already has yeah. pretty much all the power now. Yes, 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 totally true. So, okay, so, so we, we end Revenge of the Sith with Ben Kenobi pursuing things that would have been amazing, but nobody could make the connections. And so he just, everything crumbles down around him. Order 66 yeah. happens. Then the next time we're going to see him is in this Kenobi series. So let's just fast forward really quick. At the, We know where he's going to appear in A New Hope. And then slightly before that, we know that he encounters Darth Maul. So Ooh. that Kenobi, how does that Kenobi feel to you? The Darth Maul through the rest of the original trilogy. The... The Kenobi that we meet, like in Rebels, and kind of like this one that I guess we'll get, is more kind of I, I, I dig it. This kind of, and maybe I could be wrong. We'll see what happens on Friday. Yeah. But this kind of like Guardian Angel, Silent Sentry kind of thing, where mm. you know, but still at the same time, like he must be trained because it's like 
look, we don't, even though it's like, well, you got to know that there's, well, no, you can't openly search for four sensitive kids because there's a quiz in there. So you only know of one. Yeah. <laughs> you really only know of one. Possible two, you don't know about Leia. You know, right. she's on Alderaan. Right. And I mean, I guess maybe she hadn't displayed any kind of like talents or anything. Um, so yeah, I see him saying like, look, looking at him like, you know, you're our only hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> saying, yeah. You know, hey, I'm too old to fight the Empire. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. I've got the experience, but my body won't do what my body used to be able to do. Yeah. So is, but you do have you had that like little small period of time, kind of like when he took down Darth Maul. But then after that, it's kind of like you know, I mean, even even though, I mean. Even now, I'm sure Jordan could crush a couple people in one-on-one, but could he play pro? Now, still got to give him props for in his age, and the Wizards was still, like, putting up, like, 20 a game. (laughs) And they're like, whoa, that's (laughs) super impressive. But, you know, after that, could he, you know, so you have to find someone else to kind of pick up the mantle. I'll give you all the experience that I can, but I can't fight this fight anymore. Right. So I see him seeing kind of being that guardian angel, that silent sentry, and then also maybe putting maybe the same, the right amount, but maybe too much stock in Luke. Maybe ah. putting too much like, look, this is the only chance we got. Yeah. You know, you know, his son, you know, not only will his son be force sensitive, most likely, but maybe his son is the only one who can get through to him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So maybe that's what he's thinking. And yes, he is able to get through to him, but it takes a long time. <laughs> yeah. but, but I mean, I think I, I think that's the kind of guy that I see getting from him because he's not even when he beats Darth Maul, it's not like a he's not excited about it. Right. He's not right. really happy about it. He's just like, this is unfortunately something that I had to do. Yeah. You know, like and I guess that'll also come out of, you know, whatever happens in this series. We'll get those small pieces. Yes. Is this supposed to be just six episodes and that's it? Yeah, so exactly. We'll see. Well, to, okay, so to your point, like one of the things that we know about Obi-Wan in the original trilogy is that the last Obi-Wan we saw was coming down off of like a high of saying like, I think I've got it figured out. I think I've got the mm-hmm. detective work. I think we can make Anakin the chosen one. I think everything's on its on the path to the right direction. And then it was like, boom, it's all gone. It's all bad. So, so my my only thing is is that I don't think that my worry my worry is that this series will do to Obi Wan what was done to Luke. Now, I didn't mm. mind what was done to Luke, but you brought it up. How it was done to Luke was a little yeah. bit more difficult to swallow. So I think we better prepare ourselves for Obi-Wan to not be the only the only area that he can really win in in this series is overcoming the Inquisitors because he's still afraid of Darth Vader by the time New Hope's yeah. scroll starts to roll. He's still afraid of Darth Vader. He still is not able to give Luke like confident advice. He gives Luke things like, don't go see Vader, like, Stay away. Be be a little bit, and that's that's all fear based. And we know that Jedi are not supposed yeah. to fear. So, I feel like in this series, we're not going to be able to see like 
heroic Obi-Wan Kenobi, we're going to see kind of kind of a guy who's learning how to become a hermit almost. And I think we all better prepare yeah. for that. <laughs> you and, know maybe, I mean? like, and maybe someone, yeah, maybe someone who's a little more scared than we expect. Yes. Yes. Because that's, that. okay, Star Wars, here's another thing. <laughs> Tragedy can, you know, destroy people. Yes. Tragedy can also make people work harder. Yeah. It can also inspire people. Totally. Why are none of the Jedi ever inspired? It's a cheap trope. And I know Hollywood does it in general. But everyone who experiences tragedy or experiences a loss or or fails at a certain thing doesn't have to straight go into depression. <laughs> right, true. They could take some time, pick themselves back up, and try even harder next time. Yep. That's what it's that's possible. What, that's what DC and Marvel have done with their characters forever. You know what I mean? Like a lot yeah. of their characters are inspired by tragedy to become somebody who's even better. Yeah. Um well, I, I think that I've covered everything that I wanted to cover. Is there anything else cool. you wanted to cover, Michael? Uh I just wanted to say that enjoy this, guys. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's yeah, why yeah. I say enjoy this. <laughs> I was born in 1982. All right. So I was born in 82. Yeah. I saw some very poor quality genre entertainment, whether yes. it's horror, sci-fi, you know, yes. comics, whatever. Yeah. All right. We are in a golden age. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. got tons of stuff. There's like four Star Trek shows. Uh, Harry Potter had, well, it's kind of the, the prequel, but that's a movie coming. You got Thor on the way. She-Hulk is getting a show. Yeah. Um, Boba Fett just had a show. Yeah. Uh, like we got, of course, we talk about Obi Wan. That's coming. There's yeah. tons. Yeah, of yeah. Boys is coming back. Invincible has a season two. There's, there's something that you like. You don't have to spend your time hating because hate leads to the dark side. <laughs> That's all right. right. That's right. Find something. There's tons <laughs> of stuff to enjoy. You don't have to fight about stuff you don't like. If you don't like it, just go some. Go watch something else. There's so tons, true. there's way too much. For you to be a geek and unhappy now, all right? Because I've been in the dark days, all right. <laughs> I've been in the dark days. That's right. All right. I've That's seen. Right. I've seen that first. That uh, that first Captain America. All right. I've seen that. <laughs> all right. That's all we had. That's, oh yeah. It was tough. Right? People was forget. Tough people forget that when in our generation, the cartoons didn't exist to be good stories and cartoons. The cartoons existed to sell us toys. Yeah. They were commercials for toys. Like they, they ended up being cool, but yes, you know, we they were existing to you know make money. Exactly, exactly. So I totally agree with you. And we got Star Wars celebration coming up this weekend as well. So we got lots of Star Wars stuff coming out. If if Kenobi is not your thing, you're gonna have something that will be your thing. Just hang in yes. there, it'll be good. But tell me about um tell me about the shows that you've got coming up. Tell me about a little bit what's going on with Nerd Soul, and tell tell, tell everybody where you they can find you. What do we have? All right, so coming up this weekend, Young Justice, um, maybe a little Kenobi because Halo's done, so maybe you know, maybe a little Kenobi, a little piece, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> a little Kenobi, uh, definitely Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Um, uh, we're gonna do some gaming topics, I know for sure. 
Cool. Uh, I don't know what album we're reviewing this week, so it'll be so we did Kendrick Lamar last week. Oh, I was just gonna ask you know, if you did that. Yeah, yeah, we did Kendrick Lamar. I don't know what we'll be doing this week, but we'll we'll be doing something. So yeah, there's tons of stuff on the channel. If you like talking about gaming, you can come hang with us. If you like talking about Young Justice, which is on the way to the end, sadly, but I guess you know <laughs> happily, you know, because we this is another show that. Normally, wouldn't we wouldn't have gotten because remember, Cartoon Network dated that show long ago. Yeah. So yeah, so that's pretty much what we got on the way, and where you can find me, of course, is Nerd Soul N E R D S O U L. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those places. Hit that thumbs up. If you like what you're seeing, of course you do. It's Story Geeks. Of course you like it. <laughs> so go ahead and hit that thumbs up. Subscribe, share all that stuff because I mean, hey, look, sharing is caring, and you oh. care. Show us you care, and even if you don't care, pretend like you care and share it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, awesome yeah, that's all i have to say <laughs> do all of that do all of that yes absolutely <laughs> definitely follow michael he's he's uh he's i have i have a group of friends that i call like my old school podcasting friends and michael is one of those people we go we, all the way back to Thank when i first you. started doing stuff and um so definitely follow all of his stuff now i have one more question before before okay. i let you go and my last question is this donda drake's new album or kendrick oh. Kendrick easily. Kendrick easily. Kendrick easily. This is, this is too, that's too easy. Donda was snoozy for me. Oh, really? Snoozy. You didn't like it that much? Drake was kind of okay, but Kendrick is like on another level right now. He's, he's, it's too Kendrick easy. has been he's, on another level for a while. That dude. Yeah, he's on a, what? This is like four albums? I mean, He's getting ready to go into kind of legendary status. Like, I mean, this is, I think, number four where it's been, like, straight, solid. Like, so, yeah. Well, I always feel like this. I'm, I always I'm feel like this about, about Kendrick. <laughs> I feel like Kendrick can meet he – can, he can appease the masses. Yeah. But he always has something to say. Because, like – Definitely. Drake doesn't – Drake runs out of things to say, and then he's like <laughs> – I'm sexy, y'all. Like just, just listen to my album, right? So like I, I can't I like I can I can deal with that to a degree. But then you have Kanye who either has something great to say or something crazy to say. And you don't know which one you're gonna get. But Kendrick yeah. is always bringing something that's like, oh, that's gotta make that's gonna make me think for a while. Yeah, like yeah. he he makes albums where you have to kind of go back a couple times to listen again. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I, gotta, I, easily, I, only, I haven't listened to the whole album yet, so I got to listen to some more of that. But thank you so much yeah. for joining me. I, I, I'm always <laughs> interested in your opinion on Star Wars, and now thank I'm you, really you. interested in your in your opinions on uh, on hip hop too. So <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> really awesome to have uh, Michael Young from Nerd Soul on the show. Please go give him a follow and check out his stuff. Great content, like I said on the show. He's one of my oldest podcasting friends, and really happy to have him here. Also, if you're interested in my steampunk fantasy western mashup, it's also a full cast audiobook. That is 11 voice performers voicing 14 different characters, which is super fun. And so you can support the show by picking up a copy of Death of a Bounty Hunter. It's about a desperate sheriff who will do anything to save his daughter and a bounty hunter who realizes he can no longer run from the truth. Links to Death of a Bounty Hunter are in the description down below. If you're just listening, go to 
deathofabountyhunter.com and check it out there. Now, I am going to play a sample from Death of a Bounty Hunter at the end of this show after I read the outro. Just be stay tuned for that because you can actually hear what it is like to listen to a full cast audiobook. But that is it for today's show. Special thanks to Michael Young from Nerd Soul for joining me today. Join me live on YouTube or Facebook every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time or 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Shows will post to the podcast feed later that same day. If you have a topic or a question you'd like for me to discuss, please leave me a comment or shoot me an email at hi at reclamationsociety.org. I'd love to include your questions in a future show. I'll also be recording shorter shows throughout the week. I do some trailer reactions or if I have some thinking about a story that I want to put out there, I record shorter videos throughout the week as well. So make sure you're subscribed to get notified of all the latest content. You can subscribe to the Story Geek Show on our YouTube channel or on your preferred podcast provider if you prefer the audio only version. Thank you for watching. Please go support Michael and I will see you on the next show. The stagecoach looks like a mobile vault. Iron girders and thick steel plates protect the cargo hold. Thin slits run along the fuselage. Gun ports for the guard inside. In the rear, the coach boasts an elevated enclosed metal turret with a Gatling gun. Based on all the gears, it looks like the rear turret can rotate all the way around to defend against frontal attacks as well. Impressive. An elaborate gear and sprocket-driven tread system replaces the more common axle and wheel setup. The coach's steam engine, which I can't see, must be state-of-the-art based on how heavy the thing is. A large sphere, big enough for a small man, or in this case, a woman, is mounted to the front of the rectangular carriage. The bottom half of the sphere is steel-plated like the rest of the coach, but the top half is a thick, curved pane of glass. Inside the sphere, the coach's driver leans forward to peer into the night at Gary. Whoa, what the hell? She says. She cranks a lever to rotate the sphere. Its lone headlight illuminates Gary. That's when I notice the two nozzles on the front. Some type of rapid-fire guns. Maybe those new bullet hoses I keep hearing about. Even more impressive. Gary takes a draw from his cigar. His Gatling gun arm is at his side. Not a threat. Not yet, anyway. Best move, big fella. I won't ask twice and I'd rather not kill you. Says the guy in the rear turret. You're up, banker. I say to Warburton. He glances over at me, then nods and clears his throat. Hello there! The rear turret rotates to point the Gatling gun in our direction. In the spherical cockpit... The driver peers up at us through the glass. Nothing to be afraid of. It's me, Mr. Ellis Warburton II. Financier, banker, speculator, capitalist, and esteemed owner of First Third of the Fifth, Bank of Jericho LLC. We met earlier this very evening. I trust y'all remember. Mr. Warburton, that really you? Indeed, indeed. Apologies for the, uh, surprise. I'm afraid it couldn't be helped. There are problems, sir? Why, yes, as a matter of fact, there is. You see, an error was made earlier this evening in Jericho. We gave y'all a package, mistakenly, I'm afraid. 
and we need to reclaim that package from y'all post-haste. That wouldn't happen to be the package paid for and insured by Mr. Stephen Matheson, would it, Mr. What'd you say your name was? The third voice comes from inside the coach. I bristle and glance over at Warburton. He raises his bushy white eyebrows and shakes his head to indicate he doesn't know the man, then mouths the word Pinkerton to me. The one Matheson hired, I think. The package Stephen Matheson put on that coach is stolen property. We need it back. Mr. Matheson warned me about this. I'm afraid that package stays on this stagecoach till Atlantisville. If somebody else has a legal right to it, that can be sorted out there. Atlantisville is too far. I need the iron spur now, I think. I called down to the Pinkerton. Stephen Matheson is a liar. That package is coming back with us. Now, fellas, let's all take a deep breath here, all right? Who's that with you, Mr. Warburton? Name's Deckard. I'm the Sheriff of Jericho. And a fine one at that, to be sure. A lawman, certainly and factually. Look here, friends. We don't want any trouble either. But to Sheriff Deckard's point, what y'all are carrying is a stolen property. The right to which Stephen Matheson has none. And if that's true, we'll work it out. In Atlantisville. Says the Pinkerton. My blood starts to boil. The banker opens his mouth to speak, but I throw him a look that tells him to shut up. He does. I look across the canyon at Tats, then down at Gary, and I give them both a nod. Gritting my teeth, I shake my head and then say to the Pinkerton, Nah, we'll work it out now.